You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And I'm excited again this week. We have another phenomenal woman in the guest chair. We have Miss Andra Williams. Andra is a Christian business mentor for women entrepreneurs, a blog strategist, and a Holy Spirit-led business mentor to thousands of women who follow her work online. Andra's mission is to teach other Christian entrepreneurs how to build a Holy Spirit-led business model that starts with Jesus and ends with Jesus. She's wildly obsessed with helping women tap into their spiritual gifts to bring forth their business irresistible factor and other ways to monetize their budding business. She strives daily through her social media presence to teach biblical applications in the industry through her successful online coaching programs, courses, and free resources. Combining her love for helping other women in business, she also leads a successful blogging business with over 150,000 yearly blog views. Her unique approach to blogging has allowed her prestigious media and speaking engagements. Andra is paving the way for other Christian business owners to build a six-figure business without losing their core values. Let's welcome Andra to the podcast. Andra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Thank you. Thank you. And we are so excited to have you. Now, before we get into the meat of the interview, I would like you to tell us a fun fact that is not in your bio. Well, I have so many like fun facts. I'm like that girl who just always has like, who's just like super random and weird. (laughs) But I will say a fun fact is that I am obsessed with olives. Like I can eat any sort of olives, like green olives, Kalamata olives, black olives. Like I can just grab like one of those giant spoons and just like eat the whole bag or the whole like um, container of it because it's just like life. <laughs> so I am, abs- I love that because I am, I'm absolutely that girl as well. <gasps> absolutely that girl. I, my, my husband is like, why, why do we need more olives? I was like, why don't we need more olives? <laughs> they're the best things. They taste oh. so good and there's such a variety. So I am with you. I have a probably right now three things of olives in the fridge and then a few on the cabinet. So I understand. I'm with you. And everyone always thinks I'm so weird. They're just like, Andra, they are disgusting. I'm like, they're not like, oh my gosh, they are just so good. I can just go on and on about them. Like they're just amazing. (laughs) Yes. I I absolutely agree with you. So I I love that fun fact. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So we heard in your bio that you are a Christian business mentor for women entrepreneurs, what led you down this career path? 
I would say that I spend a lot of time just helping out just female entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes. But one of the things that I felt for my business that I wasn't being honest with who I am, because I often felt as if I had to hide such a major piece of my life um, with the clients that I have because they weren't believers or I didn't mention it to them. So it would be so abrupt for me to just start mentioning about um, Christian, about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, like it's just like thrown out there. And so for me, I had to just step back and to become realigned with who I am and create a space where I can talk about Jesus freely, talk about my faith and talk about you know, just other, like my journey with God and my journey with my business without feeling as if I had to be muzzled on certain things that I would say um, to my clients. Oh, I, I completely understand that. And I like that you, during your journey, you decided to realign with who you are. So I just want to pause right there. What did that transition feel like for you when you started going into a space where you can do what you love to do business-wise, but also talk about your faith and love for God? Yeah. To me, it was a very scary transition because for so long, I was always taught that it had to be separate. And so that's what I did. So I was very apprehensive about if I would generate the the right amount of income, if I would have the right amount of influence. I wasn't really, since I started out as a blogger, I wasn't so much welcome inside of the ministry circle because I wasn't in ministry. So when I decided to um, add God into my business and to talk about my relationship with God, I was like really apprehensive if I would be welcome in certain circles. And so it was just like a lot of thoughts that went into it before I got to that point. Um, But it was really just a moment of like, okay, God, I trust you. (laughs) Yes. I I love that. And you said earlier that for so long you, you were told that it had to be separate. And I know that's something that most of us struggle with at, at, at any point in time during our lives, especially us as entrepreneurs. Why do you think that the label of separating your faith and your business became something that we followed instead of marrying your faith and your business? Yeah, I feel for me, it started back with just how we were taught in church, where it was either you are within the four walls and you're a ministry, or if you are outside of the four walls, you are in the marketplace. And I understand how they got to that point. But to me, I feel as if it's very disassociated. The people who are in the marketplace, they don't feel worthy enough to be caught in ministry. And I feel like the ones, it has always been two separate entities. And so we have always um, way back. It has always been either you're in the ministry or you're in it for money. And to me, I was super apprehensive about combining the two because it wasn't something that I was taught, nor it was it something that I seen within my own personal church home. It was always two separate ones. And so for me, I had to get to a place where 
I didn't want to have it as two separate ones because, again, I was pushed out from the circles of ministry within the four walls because they said, how can a blogger be speaking about the Bible, speaking about Jesus and label herself as a minister when she's not behind the pulpit? So I was pushed outside of that circle. And then I was also pushed outside of the female entrepreneur circle because I went in with my faith. And that wasn't something that you see a lot within an online space. It's, it's a little bit watered down. So you don't really see that within an online space. So I decided that I wanted to combine the two and to just treat it as one instead of having it as ministry and business, but just like what I'm doing is business and ministry at the same time. What I love about that is that I feel like there is a new generation coming up who knows how to marry the two. And it's going to be so interesting just to watch how God moves in all spaces yeah. with, with that happening. And, you know, like you said, we're, we're taught about the marketplace and the ministry, but while you were talking to me, uh, one thing that is important or important that I want to bring forth is that the marketplace can also be ministry. Yes. It can also be ministry. And although the marketplace may produce money, money is what the ministry needs to thrive. So it all has to marry. Yes, It all has to marry up in order for us to expand God's kingdom. Because something that we always say here um, on the podcast and something that I always say is, I can't do anything for the Lord at an exponential rate on a broke budget. Like I can't sit here and say, you know what, I want to start an orphanage or I want to help people who are are impoverished and things like that with what money? Yes. Like with my $20 that I put in the offering every week, how is that going to do much? So we need to be able to allow God to use us in ways that grows our finances, which are really his finances to put back into his kingdom. Yes, I totally agree. That's one of the things that I teach inside of my programs is teaching women that it has always been, um, if you are a Christian, then it's servanthood is by doing everything for free. And then on the other end, they charge God foolishly because they God told them to go out and to create a business, but they don't charge anything. And so it's kind of like this, it's like, it's a really weird space that people are in. And I always tell people is that if you want to expand and if you want to do the things that the Lord told you to do, you need financial resources. And I know for sure, for sure that he's going to provide, but you can also serve your church, you know, on the weekends and all this stuff. But why does servanthood and business, it, it's just a weird combination. <laughs> it just, it is. I, I, I completely agree. And, and, and servanthood does not equate to poverty. Exactly. Just because you feel like you're serving and you're not charging anything, but you're struggling at home, doesn't make you any more holier than anybody else. What it does equal is that the struggles that you may be having at home may be impacting you physically, mentally, spiritually, and you cannot show up in all the areas which you want to. But when you are financially free, as I believe that God wants us to be, not greedy, right? Not greedy with your money. I'm not saying to be greedy. I'm not saying, you know, have love for money, but financially free in the way that God wants you to be, where if it is his desire today for you to buy somebody lunch and his desire tomorrow for you to buy somebody a car, you can accomplish everything with your financial freedom. So I completely agree with you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Everything you said is just like, 
why I do this because God, I feel like God blesses us so we can be a blessing unto other people. And once we stop that, we we kind of stop what God wants to do in our life. And we're just like, I don't want this. I, I don't want to charge people. And some things, you know, you can't give away for free, but in order to fulfill that grand vision that the Lord has placed within you in order for you to do, you need financial resources. And as you said, like, we're not being greedy, but you know, we have a, we have a plan, we have a vision. And so that comes with placing a monetary value on certain things. And another thing I, I want to piggyback off of is where your money lies, your heart is also. Yes. So a lot of us may be giving away a lot of things for free, but the people who are receiving it aren't actually putting into it as much as they would if they were paying for it. Yes. Because one thing is true. And two things are very certain that people do not like to waste money at the end of the day. People do not like to feel like their money or their time is wasted. So when you devalue the gift that God has given you, people can take advantage of you and take advantage of your gift. So if you're listening, if that's been running through your mind, that is a point that I want you to put in the forefront of your mind that God has given you a gift and there is value attached to your gift. And yes, some things he may say, give for free, but other things he may say, give, um, you know, not give, but use it to sustain yourself. The Bible says that we should have seven or eight streams of income and we cannot have that if we're not doing anything to give us these streams of income. Absolutely. (laughs) So tell us about, you know, your journey of building a Holy Spirit led business. For me, it started out in 2013. So almost a decade of building a business. The Lord, um, he came to me in my room around that time, 2013, and he revealed to me what he wanted for me to do. And he told me like, Andrew, you will create this business and this business, you will create a blog and the blog will like uh, expand and it will go into speaking engagements and you will start to build um, more businesses. And once we got into 2018, I, I, I became very weary in the spirit because it was such a long process and a long journey for me that I had to learn how to trust God again. I had to let go of comparing. I had to let go of trying to introduce witchcraft into my business around that time, um, desiring to go and seek out psychic readings, reading horoscopes or for particular things around this business. And my journey to me, I felt like it was a, a, a process of do you trust me? And if you trust me, then remove your hand from this and allow for me to be God and to do exactly what I promised that I would do. And so this whole journey was a, um, a journey of just really just trusting a process, trusting what God has placed within me and letting go of creating rivalries within the, the body of Christ, within other entrepreneurs, whether they are Christian or um, non-Christian, just creating um, rivalries out of them and really just learning that their gift is their gift and it doesn't diminish what God has placed within me. So that's one of the many lessons that I have learned throughout this whole journey of entrepreneurship. That was powerful. You said, you know, basically their gift doesn't diminish my gift. And I think that's so important because as we start moving and walking in our purpose, 
it is easy to look around and compare ourselves and our journey to what we see um, on Instagram or on social media and think, you know, well, that person is sort of doing the same thing, but look how successful they are. But we don't know the journey. We don't know what God has brought them them through. And comparison is really the thief of time and the thief of happiness. So we have to make sure that we just focus on what God has called us to do and being obedient to what he has called us to do. And he'll take care of the rest. But you also said earlier that, you know, it was a process of, do you trust me? And if you trust me, then you'll remove your hand. So what advice would you have for people who are listening to us right now and are having a hard time? They're saying, you know, yes, God, I trust you, but I just want to help you out. But I just want to do it my way. What advice would you have for them to completely let go and let God? I would say to surrender, to surrender from wanting to do things your way. One of the things that the Lord told me when I was going through that process of removing my hand from it was that he brought up the children of Israel and how the promise just was a place of rest. And so if you wanted to go into a a place of rest within your business, if you want to be at a place of ease within your business and you have to remove your hand from it and you have to surrender from it. So I will say that the tip is to rest And if you want the rest that the Lord has promised you is that you have to surrender. So it's kind of like you have to work backwards. Like if I want to enter into God's rest, I have to just really just trust that the Lord is going to do exactly what he said that he's going to do. So I just need to just surrender and let go of my own timeline of wanting to do things my own way and really just trust that God is going to fulfill what he has promised me. Yes, I really love that advice. God is not a man that he should lie. So if he has promised us things, it is so important for us to trust and believe in his word, in his promises, in his prophecy that it will come to pass. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And that's one of the things that I had to really hone in on because especially like for me, since this is such a, it was almost a decade of trying to fulfill the vision. And once you go through, like you hit that year three and you're still in that same position or once year five come year seven, you're just like, okay, God, what is going on? Like, but those are the seasons to me is like, you know, we have to really remind ourselves of that, that, that verse in Acts where it just really said that, you know, God is not man. He shall not lie. What promises um, that he's going to give that he hasn't fulfilled or that he's not going to fulfill. And so I had to realize that I had so many human faults and characteristics attached to Jesus and attached to God. And so once I went into the rest, I was able to remove all of the human characteristics that I threw on to God, like, God, you're a liar. God, you're this. It hasn't happened. It's year seven. And I still don't have the business. I still don't have all these things. And once I entered into that place of rest, I understood the character of God. And I removed all of those things that I had previously associated to God. And I really understood what that scripture meant. Mm-hmm. That was that was really profound. You had to remove all the human faults and characteristics that you attach to God. And that is something that I feel like we do just as human beings. Often we forget that God is is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, that he's seen our end before we were even created. And we start attaching things like the hurt and the pain that others have caused to 
call it to us, even, even in a spiritual circle or even in a faith circle and be attached to God. But we have to le- learn, like you said, to remove those human faults and characteristics and trust God to be God. Yes. That's like a, a caption in its own self, like remove the human faults and characteristics, because if not, we'll constantly look at God through the lens of human. And we don't look at God through this, just how powerful he is. And I think of the, the angels in heaven as a circle around a throne of God. And they have been circling for billions of years and how every time they center back, God shows them another reign of his glory, another reign of who he is. And so that's how the angels are able to like worship him because even when we think we know God, we still don't know God. And so in order for you to really know God, in order for God to really move in your business, like how you want to, like how you want him to and how he wants to, you have to really just remove all of those things. So if not, you know, it's just going to be a lot of pressure upon you. Yes. Yes. I completely agree. Now in your business, you help women bring forth their spiritual irresistible factor. Tell us what that is. I would categorize this as a physical and a non-physical trait. So when we think of this as a physical trait, I like to always use just like examples. If someone knows how to sing, that will be something that's a physical um, talent, physical gift. And then if something is a non-physical gift, it's something like a, if the Lord has blessed you with the gift of prophecy, or if he has blessed you, blessed you with the gift of wisdom or um, anything that's a non-physical trait, physical element. And so what I have to realize that a lot of people, they are unaware of really what makes them irresistible. So how we do it is that we break it down into a finding a physical, um, physical talent, physical trait. And then also if you have a non-physical talent, physical trait and how we can lean in with that instead of leaning in with a learned talent, learn physical uh, trade instead of instead of going that route because within that it's like it's a lot of pressure upon you to perform instead of your phys- something that you're irresistible you are naturally gifted with this like it's like air like you're just breathing and doing what you're called to do and so that's what I do is I teach people the difference between the two so that they can identify whatever it is that they have and lean in with that first yes I love that so when somebody comes to you and you're saying, okay, let's work out um, your spiritual irresistible factor. What are the top things that you look for just in talking to them, even if maybe they don't even know for themselves what that is? For instance, I would say if someone if they are, let's say, a visionary, and if the, the Lord allows for them to see visions and they can really see into people's lives, then I kind of listen to them just tell me more about themselves. And so I tap into um, if they can see they have been blessed with the gift of vision then it's like, okay, what about having you as a creative director? Because if you're able to see someone else's vision, then if you're able to see someone else's vision as if it's your own vision, then it being a creative director will be phenomenal for you or also mm-hmm. being a producer of some sort will be phenomenal or also going into musical engineering where you're able to envision what will be before it actually is. And so that's one of the things that I do is that I listen to what people say and then I go and break down what people actually mean. And then I ask them, what about this? And what about that? And that's how we start to form 
their business and try to figure out what they're good at and place within their bio and all that amazing good stuff. Yes. I love that God has given you that gift to be able to help other women, especially do that. Because I know as women, it is so hard for us to see ourselves. We can see other people, we can see what they're great at, but when it comes to seeing ourselves, sometimes we just need that one person, that business mentor, that coach, that's going to say, listen, here is the mirror. Let me show you who God created you to be like, look in the mirror. This is you. So this, that is so, so important. So how does bringing forth your spiritual irresistible factor affect your business and following God's purpose for your life? I would say that it will give you favor plus expansion. And the favor aspect of it is, is that when we think of that scripture in Proverbs, where it says that your gift will make room for you, even though they were talking about physical gifts, we can also still try to equate that to the gifts, the the natural gift that the Lord has placed within you. And so if you operate from your natural gift, the Lord will give you favor to do exactly what it is that he wants for you to do. And once you have that favor, you can now step into another realm of expanding so that expansion to where now you can go on in the second phase of business where I call leaning in with learn talents. And you can really build a business from, you know, stepping into another arena from a learned talent. So that's that expansion portion of it. But if you kind of take away that natural talent and lean in with that learned talent. It's a lot of competition. You will often feel inadequate to do what the Lord has called for you to do. And so when we swap them around, we allow for the favor of God to lean in. And also it says in the Bible that once you are able to use the talents just in, um, in Matthew, the Lord will start blessing you with more gifts and more gifts. And that's how you expand and go into other arenas and start doing learned talents and learned gifting um, primarily. I, I I absolutely agree. And I love that you use the parable of the talents because the, the more God sees you doing with what he has given you and that you were doing faithfully and he can trust you, the more he's going to give you to do it. Yes. And that is so very important just in your life, right? In, in how you may envision seeing yourself walking out your purpose. When you think about, okay, God has given me this. He's trusted me with this and it has multiplied. And now he's growing me to a different level because no matter what part, whether God has talked to you about the steps you take or even shown you the big vision you still don't know what's going to come next. And God has a habit of exceeding our expectations abundantly. So it's so important for us to just walk in our purpose and for us to make sure that we are being a good steward over everything that God has given us. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. I feel like that's one of the things that why I really wanted to help out a lot of Christian entrepreneurs, because a lot of times, even just within an online space, it's a very competitive space. And so you feel as if you have to lean in with a lot of like learned talents and learned gifting to in order for you to compete, not knowing that God has already said a space in a group of people for you, for your business. But in order for you to go and to do the things that you want to do, you first have to just be obedient and to walk in the lane and the path that the Lord has called you on instead of 
trying to do your own thing and manifest all these things for your life and all that stuff. (laughs) Um, So that's really important uh, for Christian women. It is so very important. And, you know, we talked about comparing ourselves as one of the struggles that women face um, during this journey, um, especially Christian entrepreneurs. What are other struggles that you see that are prevalent with the women that you work with? I would definitely say operating from outside of the grace that the Lord has for them for that particular season. I feel as as if oftentimes we, and I can even say myself, I wanted to accomplish so much and the Lord didn't grace me for that or he didn't assign that to me for this particular season in my life. And so I was operating outside of grace. I was very tired. I was enslaved to my business. And so when a woman come to me, they are spiritually, they have been in their gift and their calling for so long, but they don't understand that grace is really wrapped up in that, you know? And so they're like, I should be a six figure entrepreneur, but it's like, you have to really go with the steps of God. Like you have to, when I think of the Shekinah glory and when the children of Israel, when they were on their way to the promised land, they had to follow the cloud. They had to go at the speed of the cloud. And some of us, we are so far ahead of it and we're no longer operating from a space of grace and we're just really just burnt out. Uh, I, I, and I know that feeling because I had been there before, um, as well. And I remember, I think it was uh, maybe last year and I was in a season of transition and I was getting about to get married and I was, you know, planning a wedding. And then I was trying to make sure my business did all the things so that I can have like a break during honeymoon. And I hadn't taken any vacation from my nine to five and I'm a lawyer. So that's already as much work as it could possibly be just during a normal day. And I remember myself feeling sick. I was like, I have COVID. I know I have COVID. Like I feel absolutely horrible. I went to the doctor and she's like, you do not have COVID. You're burnt out. If you do not rest, your body will force you into rest. And she said, you, I am writing you off from work. You need to sit down for two weeks. And she said, when I say sit down, literally I'm prescribing you to sit still and watch TV. Do not talk to anybody. She was like, you need to just decompress. And that's one thing I really do love about my doctors, but it, it's very important because like you said, we can try and sprint. We're trying to be Usain Bolt going ahead of God's glory, right? <laughs> Thinking that we can handle everything because, you know, God has showing, shown us this spectacular vision instead of, like you said, following the steps and following the speed in which God wants you to. So if somebody is listening to our conversation right now and saying, hmm, that sort of sounds like something that I've been doing. Like I've been really tired. I haven't figured out why and nothing's quite working right. What advice would you have for them? Definitely say that you are not enslaved to the vision. As a Christian woman, one of the things is that God has come to give life and to give life abundantly. And as a just regular entrepreneur, they speak, they speak about just working all the time. But God is like, I want for you to lean in and to really 
press into me. And so the advice is that I will say that you're not enslaved to your business as much as you think you are. You're not enslaved to this vision and that God wants for you to lean into him because he doesn't want for you to be enslaved to your to the vision that he has given you. This business that he has given you is supposed to create freedom for you, but yet you're being in bondage to your business. And so when I will say to really to understand that when Christ has says that he has set you free, he has also meant as an entrepreneur, that he has set you free from being enslaved to your business and being enslaved to what he said is going to be successful for your life. Yes, yes, yes. And when you were talking, what came to my mind is, do you want to hustle 24-7 or do you want the anointing? Yes. Because there's a difference. When you're walking and you're operating under the anointing and you're going at the pace and you're following God and you're following steps, things come to you. Yes. You don't have to go out and get things, right? So when you're hustling, you're like, okay, who can I contact with? Who can I network with? What should I do? Who should I speak to? What platform can I get on? When you're under the anointing, God said, I, I will make who needs who needs to see you, see you. So it, it's very important to make sure that you are operating in the right spirit. Yes. How did you come to a place where you started walking in spiritual boldness with your, in, within your business? I would say in 2018, the Lord had allowed for me to see that it was two different places that Christian women are in. He said that they there are some that is in the meadows and that there are some that is on the field in the pastures. And he said that the meadows is a place where there isn't any visibility, that is just a very high grazed grass. And that a lot of people are stuck in this place. And so that's where a lot of people feel very unseen, unheard. They feel invisible, even though they know God has called them to go into entrepreneurship. And so the Lord had for me to see this place and he wanted for me to help the people that were in that place. But while he said that I was there, that he wanted for me to really just to understand how they feel. And so throughout those challenges and going through different things, the Lord was kind of preparing me for boldness. It's really like a more of a process thing that I had to go through to get bold because at first I told you like I was comparing myself and I was doing all these things. And so I had to physically go through a process in order to become bold because I was very timid. I was very intimidated of other women and I was stuck in the meadows. And so God had to physically show me what it is and to prepare me and to, and to just put me on a battlefield kind of in order for me to become bold to do the things that he has called for me to do. I, I love how God would just take us and help to mold us right into yes. what we need to be. Now, I, I hear how God made a way for you to be spiritually bold in your business. So what advice would you have for the woman listening to this interview saying, you know what, I think it's time for me to be spiritually bold. I think I need to step out more. I need to speak up more. I need to follow God more. What advice would you have for them? I will say first that it is going to be a mental growth that they need to do where they have to stop 
the victimhood mindset. So that's one of the things, because as I always tell my clients that I can tell you, hey, to do this strategy and to do this. But first, one of the things is that we have to put you, get you in a good headspace. And so that is really just understanding the victimhood side of you. Like, are you mad at God? What are you throwing yourself a pity party? Like, what are some of your thoughts about God, thoughts about yourself that's really leaving you to where you are just paralyzed in fear that you can't grow or to be as bold as you want. Because again, I can say, hey, read your Bible and to do this and God's going to tell you all these things. But if you're like, if you're still struggling with trauma, if you're still struggling with all these other things, it's really hard for you to step out and to be bold unless you unless you deal with the stronghold that's really that's keeping you in bondage. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that you'll be able to really operate from a new place of boldness. Mm-hmm. I have never thought about it like like that. I have never thought about it like that. And it, it, it's so true. So stop the victimhood mindset. I feel like you just assaulted people. Just, yeah. just, just, just snatch their edges just a bit. Just a bit in a good way. In a way where it will help us to think, you know, what exactly is our mentality in this season? Yes. Is it woe is me or is it? Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so thankful that I get to do this. Yes. Right. And a lot of us, we don't have that. Like I went through, especially for me. And I, as I said, a lot of Christian women, they have been in their gift for a while. They have been in their business for a while. And so they are still struggling with a lot of things. If they have yet to really touch the promise, they're really struggling with a lot of things. And so as you start to want expansion, as you want God to really grow you, you have to let go of the things that's keeping you in bondage, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. am I a victim over my story or am I empowered over my story so I can share it? And if you are still a victim to your story, you're going to be like, how you said, like, what was me? I don't have clients. My social account isn't growing. So in order to be bold in Christ, you have to deal with the unseen, right? And asking God to search my heart and to go into the crevice of my heart, the things that I'm like, not even wanting to mention because that little thing right there is making me to compete with people though. That little tiny wound is allowing for me to be intimidated, to be used by God and to expand and to go into different arenas. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely phenomenal. And I can, I feel like we can sit here and talk about it all day, but I know that I want to leave some things for the women to connect with you and learn from you themselves. So before we wrap up, tell us where we can connect with you on social media, how we can work with you in your business and how we can learn from you, right? Soak up all these gems on a regular basis. Yes. So you can find me at andrawilliams.com. Also, my social accounts is andrawilliams. And I am just so excited just to help pour into Christian women in this season because it has been placed upon my heart to really grow and to cultivate women, not only through my paid uh, courses and programs, but also through free content, free workshops. So I'm always hosting 
pre-workshops and master classes to really help to cultivate women and to talk about things that are, you know, swept under the rug as far as stewardship and working with excellence and how to build a Holy Spirit led business model where God is a center, like all these amazing topics, they are all free majority at a time. So you can just find me at Andrew Williams and you can just send me a message and I just love to just connect with you. Yes. Okay. Purpose Chasers. As you know, I'm going to put all of Andre's details in the show notes so that you can connect with her. Be sure to connect with her. Tell her you heard her on the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. Andre, thank you so much. This has been amazing. This conversation has gone to different levels and I know it has gone to the heart of some of the things that we as an audience are working through, are hoping to do better in. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe and also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slave podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.